And we welcome you back on this pleasant Friday afternoon. Time for the Illini Notebook. Scott Beatty here along with Brian Barnhart, voice of the Illini. His notebook is brought to us by Guidos, Jupiters, Billy Baroos, and Seven Saints. And Brian, things about to get extra busy, and it's about time. We got well, a basketball you, schedule, and yeah. basketball's coming next week, and football tomorrow, and again next Saturday. That makes, uh, let's see, five events in about seven days. Yeah, yeah. The score sheets I'm working on reflect that. I've got several going here at once. So, yeah, we'll uh, we'll get into it. It's always November is always a busy month, although usually in a normal year it's done by now. Uh, the football end of it. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be interesting to see how that works. And we're going to have a couple of days, I think, where there's. Uh, and this is true for a lot of schools where there's a football and a basketball game on the same day in December, which doesn't happen normally. Not no, Nothing's but normal Nothing's this year. normal this year, so yeah. Well, we got the schedule and the buzzword around Illinois basketball's Big Ten schedule that, mm-hmm. that's been uh, finalized is favorable. And I guess if you're the favorite to win the league, your schedule's <laughs> always going to be favorable, right? That's right. Yeah, and there's, uh, I know Scott Ritchie outlined some key games in the newspaper today, which I thought was pretty good. The one at Wisconsin late in the year. You know, you do have the one meeting with Iowa uh, that's going to be big. So there's a couple of big ones. Michigan On State. On my birthday. Yeah, is that right? Yeah. Uh, Michigan State, always a big one, uh, home or away. So, yeah, that's, um, you know, yeah, favorable, I guess. It's always wonder about that because on paper it looks that way. And then it's like, whoa, Rutgers is a lot better than we thought, you know, like last year. Or you know, there's always a team that maybe not as good as you thought they were mm-hmm. going to be. So you just don't know but because you're basing it off of what you saw last year, where they are as programs. And then there's the teams that are expected to be good, and they are really good. And of course, that's what the Illini were in 04, mm-hmm. 05. And, and the target's on the back for them. I mean, everybody and the hype is there. Can they, can they follow through on it? Yeah, that's the big question, and and the one thing I we just don't know, a because we you know nobody's really seen practice, uh, is how are the new guys meshing with the old guys? I mean, they're talented. Curbelo is very talented, obviously, and Miller, you know, speaks for itself. His ability. Uh, that's the difference between now and you go back fifteen years, oh four oh five. They had lost to Duke in the oh four Sweet Sixteen in Atlanta. And everybody was back, basically, that mattered. And everybody that was in the starting lineup was back. And so it was pretty much, here we go. And if you listen to D. Brown and others talk, they knew they were going to be good because for that same reason. So it's a little different this year because you're not quite sure, okay, how many minutes is Georgie going to play? And is he going to play the four? Or is he going to strictly back up Kofi? Or what about you know the two transfers that sat out last year? Uh, are they healthy and can they go? Uh, where does Miller fit in? How do you how do you use your lineup? Do you go big? Do you go small? There's still a lot of those we haven't seen yet, and you're not going to have the luxury other than this uh, multi-team event next week. You're not going to have the luxury of tinkering with it for a while. <laughs> and stop me if you've heard this before, but who's healthy enough COVID-wise? Yeah. Well, so. that's the other thing we don't know, and it it could be a lot. More. I think Lauren Tate's right on this. It could be a lot more devastating for a basketball team. Mm-hmm. I mean, football team is hard enough, but you can you've got 53 guys on a travel or whatever the number is for travel even on a road game and you got a bunch more at home I mean Nebraska football has 154 guys on the roster okay a lot of walk-ons there but I mean you can at least put bodies out there basketball you don't have that same luxury nope not at all all right well football is tomorrow as you just mentioned against Nebraska at 11 a.m. is the kickoff 9 a.m. our coverage starts and we'll begin a, an intense week of Illini and basketball games. So tomorrow, Illinois will look for back-to-back wins against uh, two teams 
Rutgers and then Nebraska and Lovey Smith hasn't beaten Nebraska yet. Nebraska's put up massive numbers against them. Big numbers, although in both games, Illinois had leads in both games. They dominated for the most part uh, through three quarters, I think, in Lincoln two years ago. Should have won that game, and it got away late. And then, of course, they had the 14-point lead last year at Memorial Stadium in Champaign and just didn't finish the deal. And, uh, yeah, Nebraska, I think I looked it up, they've got four games, and I can't remember if it's since they've joined the Big Ten or whether it's overall, they've had four games where they've had 600 or more yards in a game, and uh, three of those against Illinois, mm-hmm. and two in the last couple of years. So, you know, Illinois' defense has got to be a lot better against Nebraska. Yeah, and they're uh, doing their own uh, sort of quarterback. I don't want to call it quite a controversy, but they benched Adrian Martinez for Luke McCaffrey last week. Mc- McCaffrey, a uh, brother of Christian McCaffrey, the NFL running back. And, and they like what he brings. And I think you could see, um, depending on how Isaiah Williams gets used tomorrow, mm-hmm. of course, Brandon Peters is is available. Mm-hmm. And many, many expect him to start. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could see a lot of ground game plays going on. I would think so. Yeah, and I thought Isaiah, I mean, they've been telling us in camp that he's looked great. And he did. Uh, you know, he got going. And, that, and I'm just happy for him and happy to see that because we, we only got little glimpses of Isaiah last year and what we saw it just never worked and whether that was not necessarily his fault or whether he was put in a bad spot or the other team just knew what was going to happen and they just ate him up you you never really got to see his his gliding ability and what a great athlete he is and we finally got to see that last week uh in in the game against Rutgers so I'm encouraged by that yeah the running game I mean they've got a it helps having Kramer back um you know we'll see about Pelcheski for tomorrow but you know, I thought Julian Pearl did a nice job on that right side, although he just doesn't have a lot of experience yet, but certainly a, a good athlete to put out there. But, yeah, the running game's the key, and, and that's where the Illinois had success against Nebraska offensively is is running it. But uh, they haven't been able to stop the run the other way, and they've got to do a better job of that. All right, let's open up the notebook from Seven Saints, Jupiters, Billy Baruz, and Guidos. All right, a couple of notes on Nebraska. Two years ago they went 4-8, and 3-6 and six in the Big Ten. One of those wins was over Illinois, 54-35. Uh, just to show you that where Husker fans are right now, and uh, you know they may miss the days of Bo Pelini, <laughs> they won nine games seven times while he was in Lincoln, including a 10-win season in 09, 10, and 12. The last year he was there in 2014, they went 9-4, and four, but they've had one winning season since then. When you think about it, that's just not Nebraska. I mean, five, five national titles – over 900 all-time wins and 46 conference championships, but none in the Big Ten and one divisional title since joining the Big Ten. So, you know, um, I can tell you, having lived out in that part of the country, eight or nine sounds great here. I mean, that's hey, let's win eight or nine out there in Nebraska and Oklahoma. That's not good enough. Nope. I mean, they want 10 and 11 and 12 and 13 if you can do it. So I think that's uh, that's interesting on that. Also in the uh, Penn State game last week, for Nebraska, Penn State outgained Nebraska in the second half, 310 to 95. And Penn State still lost the ball game, mm-hmm. which I find interesting. <laughs> they got shut down in the red zone quite a bit. Yep. The only line I win in the last nine meetings with the Nebraska was Bill Cubitt as the coach in 2015. Wes Lunt with a touchdown to Geronimo Allison over and over again. The Illini wins 23 24. They're talking 19 23, 24 and 2015. And uh, Reggie Corbin in last year's game had a 66-yard touchdown run in the second play of the game, second snap of the game, if you remember that. 
And the last two games, the combined score between Illinois and Nebraska, 96 to 72 <laughs> between the last uh, between the two teams here, the last couple of games. Just and, like you imagine Big Ten right, football. That's right. And uh, in the top ten, this is interesting, in the top ten single-game rushing yards for Illinois history for a quarterback, five times Isaiah Williams is in the top ten. Which one? Well, yeah, four by Juice Williams. But the newest Isaiah Williams is number one right now. And no pun intended, he is number one. But That's fun stuff. Yeah, isn't that interesting? All right, thanks, Brian. We'll All right. look forward to the call tomorrow morning. Appreciate it. Brian Barnhart with the Illini Notebook. Local news is next.